Welcome to StellarCast, the Stellar Recruitment Podcast. Hey Ian, really appreciate you joining for a bit of a chat today. Personally, I always think it's a bit of a shame when there's great businesses out there that people don't know enough about, and I think your business is definitely that. You know, obviously it's a it's a, it's a business now 50 years old per uh, the hoodie you've got on there and it's got a proud history and, and a really exciting future no doubt but haven't got to know the business you know I, I sort of use adjectives like dynamic growth centric with a real sort of m a focus around that it's a meritocracy yeah. so you know i think if you perform well you know there's some great opportunities afforded to to people within your business you've got great longevity yeah. through a lot of key people in your business it's fast-paced Agile, you know, they're just sort of some of the words that I'd use to sort of describe the business. But how would you sort of explain, you know, the origins of the business and now what it's morphed into today? Yeah, thanks, Sean. I'm, when you say those things, man, I'm, I'm proud of it. That's the, the, the exact the business that we've tried to build. Amico started 52, 53, yeah, 52 years ago. It started off as a, as a sales business and it's evolved over time into being a, a rental business. That was through the sort of early 2000s, mid 2000s. But over the last, particularly the last, in my tenure as the as a CEO in the last eight years, what we've really, really specialised in is our ability to to rebuild, maintain equipment, put equipment out to rent, and support customers and provide a solution for that equipment. And that's really, really important to us. I think that acquisition of the Force business back in 2017 was critical, and really gives us a a, uh, a cost and quality advantage. You know, like we built 80% of our own components now. So our ability to acquire equipment, rebuild it, put it out to work and support it, rebuild our own components, both whether it's underground equipment or open cut equipment is something that I'm absolutely super proud of. And then, you know, when, when, you, when that's your business model, people become absolutely crucial because it's the craftsmanship of your people and the quality of your people and the workmanship and the pride that your people take in that equipment that's really the driver. And I'm really proud of that. I mean, you know, you could, you know, create a business and you can use financial engineering and you can use leverage and you can do all those sorts of things to, to create value. But when you can create a business where the, the actual value creation is in the workmanship of your people, that that's what I'm most proud of, man. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So just going beyond that comment uh, a little bit, you know, you touched on uh, somewhat, but, you know, what's the value proposition you give your customers? Why do they come to you for your solutions? Yeah, hey, gotcha, man. So they had various bit, man. Like the – actually, I'll tell you a bit of a story, Sean. So once upon a time, Emico, this was sort of, you know, pre just, – just after the financial crisis, right, a lot of our equipment was out of brand. It was equipment that we bought fairly new, new or near new. And, you know, we prided ourselves getting our hands on this equipment. And then customers at that time, straight after the financial crisis, when growth – you know, getting production was everything. It was we can't get equipment for two years, man. You know, we're, we're loaded up. You know, the, the lead times is so it was kind of like a bit of a almost a necessary evil. Like, hey, we got equipment. You don't have equipment. You know, here it is, and you know, we don't want to apply a lot of value to it. You know, we don't want to take a lot of risk. But here, take our take our seven nine three or whatever because you can't get it elsewhere, right? And, and I don't like that, man. I don't like that. But I, I, I think the key to sustainability is not buying people up in contracts, but actually creating value for them, right? Yeah. I mean, from making you a dollar or saving you a dollar. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're so, so far pushed. Like, we've got to be able to 
provide that value proposition. Whether it be, we can provide you equipment at a great rate because we buy it as a core and we rebuild it and we do that so cost effectively that we can provide you that solution and beat our competitors. So I can look you in the eye now and say there wouldn't be a single piece of equipment in the roughly a thousand bits of open cut and underground equipment we've got now where someone said, gee, I need to get this because I'm waiting to, to buy some, right? It's a value proposition. It's providing personal solution, whether it's preservation of capital or whether it's cost effective or whether it's about our ability to maintain it and provide that solution as well. That's really important to us. It sounds like a, a great value proposition and certainly something that your customers, you know, from what I've heard and, and we share similar customers, they sort of see you as a real project partner. It's not a necessary evil. They recognise the smarts and the solutions you bring to their business to allow them to scale. And I think, you know, we know the one on the East Coast that you've done a tremendous job with. The thing that uh, that I talk about a lot is uh, is empathy, right? And empathy, like if you told me, if you asked me, what do you, what's, what's your definition of success for this business, right? You know, like there's financial things that you look at, like market cap and all those sorts of things, share price performance. But what I really like is I want to be the chosen partner for a business, right? For our, for our customers. I want to invest in your, in your business. I want to make your projects more profitable. I also want to be a great place to work. If mm. we can be a combination of a partner for our customers and a chosen employer for people to work, for people to not just have a job, but have a career and have a pathway to grow and, and, and support and be part of a, of a family, that's, that to me is the definition of success. And I think from that, the, the financial benefits and the gains will come. Yeah, absolutely. And I was speaking to one of your key employees today who's loving what they're doing within the business. And he sort of said, it's a really rare business that you can sort of start and the business as an apprentice, and you can work your way up via various channels to become GM or beyond. You know, he said it's very, very rare, and it's a very transparent business, and he said it's a business where you as the CEO, is you're very present. So if I'm doing a good job, you're very connected to the business, so that visibility is very apparent. So I think, you know, talking to that point around opportunities and pathways, oh, you don't you'll, need you'll to leave. You'll get opportunities with an Emmerich, mate. You'll get absolutely opportunities with him. I could tell you a thousand stories of people that come into this business and grown through it. I mean, Jared Ismail, right, did his apprenticeship with Force and he runs the Western Australian business, right? You know, there's just so many people that have come from the tools up or from the ground up that are in very senior roles within this uh, business. It's a place where I, I believe you just get opportunities where you don't get elsewhere. If you have yep. a crack, you've got a lot of energy, you've got the right attitude, this is the place to be. There's really lots of opportunities for you. So let's just talk to that last point for a minute. What is the Emico DNA? What sort of people thrive in your business? We're pretty upfront, man. So some people come in and sort of think, geez, this is, this is pretty upfront. So we have very open conversations. We're very accountable. We're very goal-driven. You know Wushia works for us, John Westfold. He's been with us for about three years. We try and create a, a bit of a team sport type culture yeah. where we hold each other accountable, but gee, we enjoy each other's success, right? We, we really mm. do. You don't have to be, if the force business is doing well, I know the Emico guys will really enjoy the success of Shane and his team and vice versa. And the same with Pitt and Portal. I, I take great pride in, in that. There's a camaraderie with this business that feels like a sporting team to me. And that was, that was before John even came into the business, but John's really built on that. And he's also, I remember John came in and he said, gee, and you've done a really good job. You've sort of taken this thing from being in the, in the shit financially to creating a really strong business. But, you know, 
the people out there want a little bit more. And, and what they wanted was for us to invest in the community, to invest in the regions that we work in and to, to be good citizens and, as well. And mm. I think that's a big part of it. I, I think, you know, we are. We, we're good corporate citizens and we support the regions that we're in. It's a, it's a cool place to work, mate. I'm, I'm as biased as hell, Sean, but I know I've been here 18 years and I don't want to ever work for anyone else. Yeah, well, look, uh, there's a lot of key people around you, mate, that have been there an awful long time. So in a competitive market where individuals have got choice, they're obviously choosing to stay with you. So I'd suggest you you definitely got something right there, mate. So credit to you guys and the team. But uh, talking about you, how did you come to join the business and, and what keeps you there? What keeps you driving forward and going from goal to goal? And, you know, it seems like you've got as much yeah, energy now as you ever have. Yeah, no, I have. I have. I'm a bit crazy like that. Look, 18 years ago, I was working for Dino Nobel in mining services, job I loved. And I went to a, an engage, sorry, it was a christening party of a really good friend of mine. And that guy's uncle was Laurie Friedman, who's a fantastic guy, who was the CEO that led it for the IPO. And after knocking over a couple of bottles of red between Laurie and I, the next day I was running his Queensland business for him. I was living in wow. Perth at the time. So that's kind of like wasn't the most official startup, a little typical Emico there and uh, I've loved it ever since I, I ran our Queensland business and I ran our eastern region business and then Laurie sent me over to sort out the international businesses after the financial crisis which was a bit of a baptism of uh, a fire and really taught me a lot and shaped me as a as a, as a leader and a, as a business person in regard to the need to compete you know, mm-hmm. you know when you work in particularly in the Americas right it's not enough just complying it's not enough just you know, you've got you've got to you've got to create a competitive advantage you know you've got mm-hmm. to you got to, you know, you're a punch up. You got to take them somewhere where they don't want to compete with you, man. And that's why I'm so passionate about the the combination of the force business, the Emico pit business, and the pit and portal business. About it's not enough to just not enough to buy a piece of equipment and put it out to rent, right? Yeah. We got to be able to rebuild that equipment. We got to be able to provide our customers solutions with it, maintain solutions, and you got to be able to rebuild your own components as well because mm-hmm. you got to create that cost advantage. Because the whole key to sustainability is make someone a dollar or save someone a dollar. So when it gets yeah. tough, you've got to have that advantage. And I, I take great pride in that. And that's why, you know, I, I think it is a great place to work because it's not it's not financial engineering. That cost advantage comes through the skill of our people, through the skill of, yeah. our, of our fitters, whether they're rebuilding component, rebuilding an underground piece of equipment or refurbishing an open cut piece of equipment or if they're on an underground site or a workshop of ours or an open cut site you know, changing component or, or keeping that equipment running or defect managing and diagnosis, that's what creates the advantage and, and that's what really, really excites me. It's, a, it's very much a people-driven business. Absolutely. It sounds like it's a point of difference and a competitive advantage like you sort of touch on and I think that culture is a hard one to replicate and I think that's, you know, the story we're ultimately trying to tell. But, you know, I guess talking to that culture and some of the key people in your business in, what do you think some of these people like Will like, you know, many people in your business have stayed with you as long as they have, you know, why do they continue to stay there? What keeps them there? Oh, look, the way I, I, I think about MK and the, and the reason I've stayed here so long, and I, I like to think it's why they've stayed so long, is I don't think there's a place where that I've ever worked where I feel so empowered. I know yeah, that yeah. Will, I know that Shane, I know that Jared yeah. and, and, and Steve Wheatley – I believe that they rock up every day at work and feel like they can make a difference. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they're, they know they're respected for making a difference. Yep. And that's more than just having a job, you know? They're all, yep. 
you know, involved with me and the decision making. Ultimately, I'm accountable and, you know, I don't shy away from that. But I don't ever think my idea is the best idea. I take great energy in taking ideas from the people that work for me. I just get off on executing them and making shit happen. And just that feeling you can come to work and you can you can make a difference. That's mm. that's what's addictive for me with Veremico. It's fast yeah. paced, it's not for everyone. It's pretty mm. accountable and we, we work hard and we have a good time, but you feel like you can make a difference, you get great satisfaction from it. And that's that's what's kept me in it and kept me energized. Right. I think that sense of empowerment, but I think influence. You know, the people I speak to in your business, they enjoy that opportunity to have influence. They're prepared to be accountable. But in many companies it's hard to have influence because of the the corporate bureaucracy or the layers of decision-making, all the rest of it, you're so responsive, so available. So if I've got a good idea, I feel like in your business, I can pitch it, and if it stacks up, it can be happening very quickly. Real quick, mate, real quick. Absolutely, absolutely. And I've worked for companies like that, and I have respect for companies like that, and I get it. I get the size, and you know, to be honest, I feel like it ripped my soul out. I just couldn't do it. I worked for a large tier one. I hardly even lasted 12 months and I went off and worked for a more of a company where I can make a difference. So for people that feel like they just don't want to go for work, to, you know, get a paycheck or fill the day, for people that actually want to go and achieve something, this is the place to work. And I'm obsessed with it. I want to, I want to set a new standard in the industry. I want to create a business where people talk about the MEK way. People talk about, hey, you know, MEK came along, they started rebuilding equipment and they, they changed the way we think about things. They changed the way people looked at the rental model. It isn't just a, you know, a necessary evil, I can't get a truck, I want a truck. But these guys provided a solution for their craftsmanship that really made an impact on the industry whether it be underground equipment, open cut equipment, if you're rebuilding your equipment for you or your components, that, 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 I find that really, really exciting. Absolutely. You touched on the fact that John Wolfswold's been part of your business for some time now. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people know him for his, his sporting exploits, uh, which are wide and varied and, and very accomplished. But what's he doing for the Emco business um, in his current role? So we brought Wush in to manage people and culture. I mean, we identified that... You know, people are everything for us. There's no use me building a business model based on the craftsmanship and capability of our people and not investing in, in people. I like playing team sport. And I was always fascinated on the parallels between team sports and, and, and business. And I, and I met John and I had dinner with John one night and I just spoke about that. And we, we weren't even talking about a, a role. And we were talking about, you know, what his experience had been in elite sports and coaching and playing and some of the studies he'd done. And we, we had a mutual fascination on how you could apply those disciplines and that teamwork and that sense of achievement and enjoying each other's success into a, into a business. And, and we both agreed that if you could sort of capture the best team sports you've been involved in, the best team environments you've been involved in, and replicate that in business, you'd be unbeatable. And both of us have got a bit of a fascination around that. So John's been great for us. You know, he's... One, he's, he's just a fantastic person. And secondly, you know, he, he really does take a great interest in people and he really likes getting involved in the development of our team, the development of our leaders and the culture of our people. And and also, you know, he, he has led the, you know, John did a project a couple of years ago where we went across to all of our people. And actually one thing that Wish pointed out to me, we had a, a list of, of, of values and he looked at those values and said, they're all cool, man. Where'd they come from? And I said, yeah, no, I wish I, I made them up. And he goes, that's great. And does anyone feel ownership of them? And no one did because they were just stuff we made up in a boardroom. 
So, you know, Wush and I got out and about. Wush is a person in the organisation and spoke about what we want to achieve in the business is what's important to us. And then we, we spoke about our... Uh, you know, why that's important to us and what success looks like. And then we put it back on them and said, okay, if you want to be part of this and you want us to be an employer of choice, which we absolutely want to be, and that's success, what are the values that we need to have that align with that? And so, you know, that that was a fantastic process that John brought to us and, and something that he'd used in, in sports. And, you know, we built on that as a foundation of, you know, how we're focused on, on building a team and, and people being part of this team. So quickly, what are those values, mate? Those values are, mate, it's accountability, Teamwork, family, pride, Seth Andre, and growth. So, growth. Sorry, oh, I should have them all, but you look at all those things, right? Accountability is we, we say what we're going to do and we do it, right? Yep. The growth is have a crack at something, have a crack, whether it's, you know, bring a new idea or do something different. And I don't care if you mess it up, but have a go at it and learn from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really mm-hmm. important. Pride is about the pride in what we do, the craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. That's really, really important for us. Family is, I mean, you know, family is that sense of enjoying each other's success and being part of something mm-hmm. and, the, and the camaraderie. So that's really, really important. And teamwork, I mean, that's just goes hand in hand with everything we do. Yep. No, I love it. And I've definitely seen evidence of that through my various dealings, which is good. So question for you, if you're a tradesperson out there at the moment, there's endless opportunity, right? Endless opportunity. Yep. So yep. why should a tradesperson come work for you guys what's the advantage of working with you guys as opposed to some of the other employers out there in your opinion just the opportunities like first i'll talk about just the opportunities like we do component rebuilds we do equipment rebuilds we do surface projects we're all across australia we've got underground projects all across australia we've got underground rebuilds so there's a diversity of work that we mm-hmm. that we do which i think it'd be hard to replicate anywhere else Mm-hmm. The opportunities, the opportunities in the business for people that want to have a crack is, is you know, like Jared and Will, well, you know, Will running Queensland, Jared running New South uh, Western Australia. It's just opportunities for people coming off the tools for us and mm-hmm. having these opportunities to grow into executive type roles. But I think the main thing for me about if, if I was a if I was a fitter, all right, and I wanted to come work for Emico and I asked why, it's because you're valued, man. Because you mm. are the business model. You are the key to success. You right. are the differentiator between us and anyone else. It's your craftsmanship, right? It's your ability to keep that equipment running, your ability to rebuild that component, your ability to buy a bunch of trucks, cores out of South Africa and rebuild them and send them out as new at about a third of the cost of buying a new one, which means that we can provide those customers value. You are the business model. You are the value creation. I think we respect and understand that, understand where the value driver is within our business and where that comes from. Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, feeling valued is probably not always common in companies, particularly, you know, companies of your size. You know, this is a significant business, but I definitely get the sense that people are cared for and back to that sort of value of family. I think you're fiercely loyal. You'll back them and create opportunity for them. On the proviso, they work hard and they've got the right attitude, which I think is a pretty good exchange. And I think for those fitters that have got ambition to be more, do more, whether that's in New South Wales, Queensland, WA, wherever that might be in whatever fashion, on-site, off-site, there's so many different pathways. There's so many different ways on that tree to work up, which I think is kind of rare. And if I back myself as a person that's going to work hard and apply myself, I think I'm going to be pretty visible in your business. And I think my rise up that ladder will be much quicker. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. 
So, so yeah, so and you'll be supported um, too. I mean, it won't just yeah, be just sure. in the deep end as well, man. You know, you've got people like John, and you've got our team that are that are really focused on developing people. Absolutely. So, your leadership style. How would we best explain that, mate? Me personally. Yeah. Do you mean John? Yeah. I'm passionate about what I do. I'm highly energetic. I'm extremely hands-on. I drive hard. I I desperately want to make this business successful. I'm passionate about it, and I treat it like it's my own. Yeah, well, I think that's... Uh, I like to think that I lead, lead from the front, man. Absolutely. I think your, your passion and energy is contagious, and I think people admire that. And I think uh, the comment that someone made to me before is, you're so focused on growth, and when you achieve that growth, that creates opportunity for people within the business. So people feel compelled to get in behind that, do their job to enable further growth. And I think it's really exciting. You know, I think people can sort of see the connect of why you're trying to grow the that's business here, and cool. the opportunities of people within it. So I think that's, that's great, mate. But shifting pace a little bit, and we've spent a bit of time of, of work together, but obviously you're passionate in a business sense. What do you get up to when you're not uh, busy at the helm of, uh, of Emica? Oh, I like, I love hanging with my wife, Jodie. That's, that's my downturn. She's as intense as I am. She's equally relaxed. She can <laughs> relax for Australia. So I, yeah. <laughs> I find that, that that really cool. We've got a couple of big feral dogs, a pit bull and a great Dane that we like taking down to the beach and hanging out with, which, yeah. is, which is cool. Love hanging with my kids. They've been growing up now. Zoe's 25 and Josh is 22, and I love hanging out with them. And I like keeping fit, man. I like doing a bit of boxing and a bit of workouts as well. So that's me. It's pretty simple, really. Not very complicated. No, no. Good way to be. Good way to be. So... Can you share anything sort of on the horizon in terms of what exciting things might lie in front of the business? Obviously, you're a public listed company, so you can't say too much sometimes, but within the bounds of that, what's in front of the business, do you think? Well, we announced that recently that we'd acquired about 20 Ds out of South Africa, bringing them in as cores to rebuild them. We'll bring them into Mackay, and our team will hook into them, and we'll send them out and provide our customers value with it, and it absolutely demonstrates our our business model. So that that's you know, publicly available. There's lots and lots of interesting stuff we're doing with some of our strategic customers at the moment. We're always looking at opportunities to grow, always looking at, at M&A. We're looking at upgrading our ERP and really looking at digitization. That Our team are doing some fantastic work at the moment in condition monitoring, sure. Mm-hmm. And not only mm-hmm. condition monitoring using the traditional oil samples, but actually taking real time data off machines and doing predictive maintenance and of that which is really 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 interesting um very very proud of the the asset team that we built up in brisbane actually i think that as far as a uh, a capability within a business I, I reckon we're right up there in regard to the way that we uh, we plan and we manage all of our components but the cool thing is right that we do a daily meeting, which, which you know, I love to attend. It's talking to our maintenance managers because they, they're the heart and soul of what we do, man. They've got the toughest jobs in running that equipment. But we get on there and, our, and our, uh, our people in Brisbane talk about condition monitoring and what they're seeing. And the response from the maintenance people around the way that they're analysing this data and providing direction and satisfaction and enjoyment you see when they catch an engine and save a couple hundred thousand bucks or they keep something working more reliably or they make a good decision, that whole measure to manage thing, that, that's really cool. That's, that's, that's really cool. So there's lots of little things that we do that just really excite me from continuous improvement. How do we get better? How do we compete harder? How do we provide more value to our customers and how do we become a better place to work? They're, they're the things that really excite me at the moment. 
Yeah, it's definitely an exciting and innovative culture for sure. And I must admit, you know, walking into that office here in Brisbane, I was kind of blown away and surprised, if I'm honest, around all the plasma screens on the wall, all the data flowing through that, you know, resembled like a, a mini NASA or something like that. It was, it was quite impressive. So and it's, it's much, much more than just a rental company. Yeah. No, there's a lot of people that come into the business recently. Our CFO recently joined us and Theresa Makota, she's worked across you know, the who's who of mining services in Australia and another gentleman joined us from a very large mining contractor. And both of them were absolutely shocked and surprised at how far that we've taken the use of technology, the measure to manage, particularly around that condition monitoring planning. They're really surprised at how far they got that. I don't think we're great at celebrating those things. We're very much doers, more than mm. marketers, and then I think maybe we need to do a bit of work there to spread the message a little bit more. But there's, a, there's, you know, we really have transformed this business over the last eight or ten years uh, around excellence in, 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 in equipment management, equipment asset planning, equipment rebuilds, and and that's something I'm really proud of, and I'm really proud that it's driven by people and the capability, the smarts, the craftsmanship, the enthusiasm, the innovation of people. Yeah, well, I think one thing's for certain, you know, every, I think, you know, the association we've had, every person that's taken a peek behind the curtain, they've walked into the office, the workshop, met some of your great people, every single one of them has been converted. And I think they were candidates or individuals that were probably maybe on the fence at times around their initial impression. But then as soon as they took a look in there in the Brisbane office or met some of your great people, they were converted. So I think that's the message we're trying to get across, that this business is something special, something unique and a great place to work. And I think the the phrase that came out through the conversation I think I had with Jared and Shane was, if you're prepared to work hard, there's some amazing opportunities working at Emico. So I guess, you know, just leveraging that that point, is there any sort of final comments you would make around, you know, I guess the, the prospect or the potential to work for your company? Yeah, just, just going back to what makes us different, uh, just picking up what, what Shane and, and Jared said, that you, feel, you can really do feel like you can make a difference in this place. Mm. Um, mm. And, that making, and, and having that ability to make a difference leads to opportunities. And you know, seeing the growth of Shane and Shane running the entire force business, seeing Will go from you know, running our project to malls to running the whole Queensland business, Jared coming up through the ranks of force to run that Queensland business. Just another one, like I had an, an, an EA a couple of years ago, Tracy, right? And, and she had an interest in, in, in training people and rehab, she had natural care of people. She, she looks after our whole rehabilitation side of her business now. Like when people, uh, you know, come off strains or, or, or any issues, she's absolutely world-class at managing them back to work. And it's a big part of our culture and the way we care for people. So, you know, there's people that come into the business at all sorts of, of levels, right? And they just, you know, if they show a bit of interest and they show a bit of intent and they show the right attitude, there's just opportunities there. And, you know, we, we do promote, you know, that the hell out of people. And, and another thing that sort of comes to mind at the moment, there was a person that we that we gave a lot of opportunity for, right? And we, we really promoted them into a role. And we might have pushed a little hard, John, and sort of given them a bit too much opportunity. And they had a, they had a chat to us and said, oh, I'm feeling it a bit. But I was really, really proud on the way that, Will in particular and John and, and a few people in the business took this person and said, man, there's no shame in that. We pushed you We pushed you right up there, right? Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. come back in and, and put you in a role that you're more comfortable with and it's not your final crack at that. Let's take you forward again. And I think that's equally important in a business yeah. where 
that, that we push hard to give you opportunities. We'll push hard to give you opportunities, but if you just get out of your depth a little bit, it's not a, it's not a death sentence, man. We'll bring you back in and we'll redevelop you, invest in you. You know, I think you've got to do that. If you push as hard as what we do, and, and you're so focused on internal promotion, you've got to look back. You've got to look. Yeah, well, I think that sort of t- talks to the high sense of care. I, I get the sense as a leader, you care deeply about all the people in your business, and it sort of ties back to that notion of family, doesn't it? I do, man. I do, and I, you know, it's it's not just me. It's all the people that we've mentioned today care about our people. Absolutely. Well, look, so, thanks for taking the time to share all that stuff. I mean, my endeavour, my goal with this. And as you know, is just to sort of share that story and get people. It's very rare that you get to hear a CEO talk, you know, candidly about his business. So personally, I think there's some great opportunities within your organisations, and you know, we're really keen to promote the business to our audience and and whoever has got an interest in joining a great business like yours. So thanks for taking the time to share some of that stuff, mate. It's, I'm proud to be doing business with you, Sean. You've got a cracking business. Love your attitude, man. Love your can-do nature. I think there's a great cultural fit between us. Thank you for listening to StellarCast. This show aligns with why Robbie McIlrath and Sean McCambridge co-founded the company. Their mission was to help and nurture others to reach and exceed their potential. For trusted recruitment and career advice, contact Stella today.